again, and welcome to Seneca Community Church. It's great to have you with us as we begin this new series, Ghosts of Christmas Past. And we're going to be unpacking that over the next uh, few weeks up through Christmas Eve and into Christmas Day. And just a reminder, Christmas Day will be online. And uh, we'll cue that up so that uh, as your fun and friends and family celebrations are taking place Christmas Day, when it's the right fit, you can just log on and uh, watch uh, 15-minute devotional tying up uh, the series. Uh, special uh, shout-out to those who join us online, some of our online family. Uh, just thinking of Jonathan down in Ithaca. You are online every week, faithful to attend that way. I know you wish you could be up here, but uh, it just doesn't work out for you. Uh, also, Jim and Lori right up there in Waterloo, and Jerry, Ruth, and uh, Lloyd in Florida. And uh, I think, I'm just double-checking, yeah, Pat and Jen up there in uh, Phelps, and many, many others. Uh, every Sunday, we have anywhere from 150 to 300 joining online throughout the week. So that's just fantastic. So we appreciate our online family. Um, also, it was great last week to have uh, Lynn and Lois Kent with us and hear about from Kent, um, yeah, Lynn, uh, about holiness, and that was fantastic, and it's great to have just an ongoing relationship with them. And yes, uh, Lynn, I still work here. I just seem to avoid every week time you're here. But again, that experience is available online, so if you missed last Sunday, uh, please uh, check it out. Uh, I was a little jealous last week when I saw all the decorations that had been done, and I didn't get to be a part of that the first Sunday. I uh, just want to thank those on our worship arts and those just that uh, put all of this together. Uh, they do a fantastic job, and we're just so thankful for them, as well as the video streaming team. And if you've uh, checked in on that uh, recently, I don't want to talk too well of it because I don't want you to stay home and sit in your lazy boy chair and you know eat pizza and drink coffee or whatever you do uh, you know from, from your armchair, but uh, they are doing a fantastic job, and we're just really thankful for all the folks that help pull a Sunday off from coffee to kids zone to getting the program done just all these parts cleaning the building and all of that so that's uh, really uh, fantastic now when it comes to the Christmas season some of you are probably very aware of this but uh, Christmas is one of those times of year that if you ask a family and friend to attend with you they're more likely to do so during the Christmas season. So we have these invite cards. We have them all the time, but uh, this one's specially designed for the Christmas series. All the information's on back. And again, even just inviting them to join us online sometime. Obviously, it's great to be in person, but please, please take advantage of that. Uh, someone who has given up on church, who might give a second chance, uh, someone who's never tried before, uh, just a great opportunity and again, it's not just about, it's not really about filling seats, it's about filling people's hearts with the love of God. So that's why we, we emphasize that. So uh, please uh, be aware of that. So as we start to unpack our ghosts of Christmas past, uh, for all of us, uh, and some of us, and in between, Christmas can be one of these times of years that early is wonderful, we really love it, or it's not so wonderful. And uh, a guy like this sometimes makes it not so wonderful. You may recommend, re remember him. Season's greetings. I love Christmas, but then who doesn't? Christmas is great. But the thing I've learned after doing my job for so many years is this. Nothing so great should be easy. 
and that's where I come in. I'm Christmas Chaos. We've never met, but you know my work. I'm the unseen but ever-present force that stuffs your stockings full of stress and decks your halls with anxiety. I love to keep your calendar full with office parties and school plays, family dinners. I love to stuff your mailbox full of invitations to Christmas decorating contests and, I don't know, gift wrapping extravaganzas. Sure, you could just say no to all those things, but then you'd be a jerk and everyone would hate you. <laughs> You don't think these things tangle themselves, do you? Sometimes you make my job too easy for me. Sure, you could have paid 10 extra dollars to get the bike already assembled. You're too smart for that. Ooh. up a golden opportunity when it presents itself. How many of you have been there? <laughs> yeah, I can see in your faces. So Christmas, wonderful time, but sometimes not so wonderful. Time constraints, uh, pressure, uh, memories from past Christmases that maybe aren't so good. Or maybe trying just to fit in all the fun, not miss out on anything. And the pressure and the stress and the finances just has everybody just a little bit more on edge. And because you're a little bit more on edge, when something doesn't go right, it is just right there. And those ghosts from Christmas past seem to come to the forefront awful, awful quick. And so how do we deal with that? How do we try to lessen that a little bit? How do we uh, make it so that uh, Christmas can be more wonderful than less wonderful? And that's what we're trying to walk through over the next uh, few times together. So t taking this a, a whole little bit of a different cut um, with this idea about Christmas past, um, just to share a little story. When I was uh, in college, this maybe surprise you, but I was taking a, a uh, prophets class, minor and major prophets, and, and one of the major prophets is Ezekiel, and uh, we were working on Ezekiel's temple, and uh, I wasn't doing so good. I, I was, uh, was basically failing that class, and I wanted to get through Ezekiel and never see Ezekiel again, so it was the pressure was on, the pressure was on, and then finally, finally, I uh, had this last big test, and everything road on passing this test actually getting like a b plus you know i don't know about you but i was one of those students that i'd figure out what i needed to get to pass my father's not happy about this so if i could see wow that i could actually get a zero on that test and make it through this class i guess i don't need to study for it but anyway you know that was kind of in the background but this time i knew i needed like a b plus to to make it out of uh, this class and so 
I, believe it or not, got my grades and I passed. I was getting a C in the class, so I was just like super, super pumped. And as I'm walking out to my car, I'm uh, jumping up and down, just just screaming, you know. I just, just, you know, students are like, what's going on with that guy? You know, I'm out of the, you know, Ezekiel forever kind of thing. Not really, but uh, you know what I'm saying. I'm just like, just going crazy with that. And I came down and rolled my left ankle. I mean, it, just even saying it right now makes my stomach go, ooh, you know, you know that, you know that feeling? I mean, I rolled it fantastically. And uh, I, I mean, I, you know, tears to my eyes, I, you know, now, now I'm like on the pavement, you know, like what's wrong, what's wrong with Dave? He's just having a, maybe he didn't pass the test, but, you know, just this very bad scene. And uh, so then I had, to, I had to get in my car and drive, and my car was a standard. Uh, it was a, a, a yellow Mustang. Um, I wish that was my car. No, mine was this model. So lame. Four cylinders, four speed. That's all my dad would let me get. But anyway, so, you know, I had to get into that. And uh, every time I would push in the clutch with my left foot, my leg would shake. Oh, and I had to go up some hills, and it, it was just, it was just extremely, uh, just painful. So fast forward years later, not many years, well, a few years later, uh, you know, uh, every once in a while, my ankle, my left ankle would just give out. I could be like walking along, and all of a sudden, I like fall. It's like my ankle doesn't exist there. Something with the ligaments, and they want to do surgery, but I was like, no, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so it would, you know, give out. And, and then, you know, I'm married, and Cindy and I are together, and every once in a while, I mean, it's just the randomest time. I'd just be walking along, you know, with her, and all of a sudden, down I would go. It's like my ankle didn't exist. And that, that was fine and everything, but uh, when we were going to have babies, Cindy wasn't really excited about the fact that I could just kind of, like, be walking around carrying, especially our twins, you know, one in each hand, and uh, all of a sudden, what happens to her if you fall down with the babies. I'm like, that's not going to happen. So one time I was going down the stairs with both babies. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I, I was, in my mind, I'm going, how far do I go with it? Yeah, and you know, everywhere, but no, that didn't happen. But anyway, uh, so, 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 you know, got through that. But uh, the why I tell you that is, this, you know, I have to favor my left ankle. I, do, I used to do a lot of backpacking, winter camping, all that kind of thing snowshoes, crampons, all that stuff. And so, you know, I, so it just, it's still not really good. So I can remember uh, getting these kinds of little trekking sticks. And I always made fun of people that had trekking sticks, but now I need trekking sticks. And even today, if we're going to like do a walk through the park kind of thing, I'm like, should I grab my trekking sticks? And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Because my left ankle is just, it's just, it's just weaker. And so I always walk with that limp. So as we're going through and thinking of these ghosts of Christmas past, I want you to think, and not do, this is going to maybe sound too much navel-gazing, <laughs> so you can go too far with this. There's, there's repressive, you know, memory counseling stuff. Don't, don't, don't go down that road. I, that's kind of like a little crazy out there. But, uh, but, but realize that all of us, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally walk with a limp. There's certain things in our life that, uh, in a sense, we favor, like our left ankle. And the sooner we figure out where those are, 
the better we can interact with our world. Because there's times where, you know, uh, things just don't go well, and it's because we're walking through life with a limp. And sometimes for me, the way to figure out if that's really what's going on emotionally and spiritually is my reaction to something. If my reaction to something doesn't fit with what's really going on, it's more intense, then maybe that is an area that I am walking with a limp. And and the reality is there are some things, yes, uh, we can favor, yes, we can be aware of. There are some limps in life, even those of you who have said yes to Christ, you will have this side of heaven. It's just, it's just going to, yes, God can heal things and heal our heart, but there's some things that the hurt is uh, so deep or the offense is so deep that we really just, we, we're not going to completely get aw- away from it. So to think about that and realize that helps us so that when it comes to Christmas, uh, these ghosts of the past don't come back and uh, kind of bleed into life and, and, and kind of take life in a direction that we wouldn't, wouldn't want to go. So it's, it's important to realize this. Some, again, sometimes just the way you interact with somebody else says, wow, that reaction, that conversation means that there's, there's something below the surface here. I need, I need to figure that out. I need to figure out that for my own well-being, and I need to figure that out for the well-being of everyone around us because I, I just don't want to be that way. So when we think of Jesus and we think of his birth and we think of Mary and all that went in, I want to set the stage with the fact that Mary and Joseph, Joseph, not the Joseph with uh, the robe with multicolors, that's from the Older Testament, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, and probably uh, Mary's parents, and, and you know they think Joseph was older, so maybe his parents were around or not, but uh, family members, they, they had this moment where they were going to have to figure out what they did with what people said and, and, and how offended they were going to be and how were they going to let that kind of uh, ghost of Christmas past affect their lives. So uh, just, a, just a little uh, catching up, setting, uh, setting up the table. Uh, let's just look here at Matthew uh, 118 out of the message uh, paraphrase. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, before they slept together, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. So all of a sudden, there is this moment. We're going to see how Joseph responds or reacts to that. But all of this was going to be an opportunity where they were either going to have a chip on their shoulder or not. And you and I, if we want to navigate through all of life, just not Christmas, have to see these things and say, am I going to let that be a chip on my shoulder or not? Let's uh, read on. Joseph chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be distressed. Obviously, Joseph thinks that his engaged uh, wife-to-be has been with somebody else and He's, he's, he's in turmoil. Uh, a lot of us would want to destroy the other person in a situation like that if someone was unfaithful to us. Joseph amazingly uh, wants to still protect her. He loves Mary and is not going to lash out at her. 
while he was trying to figure out a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. What? And is anyone going to believe that? What do we do with that? The whispers, the thoughts, the comments. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how Joseph and Mary don't become jaded. I don't think people were very nice to them. I'm guessing. Even today, where we have a little bit more of an open society, when that kind of thing happens, it, you know, people can be really nasty. And uh, so Mary and Joseph have to go, how are we going to function with this? Again, Mary being younger, you know, Joseph probably being a little older, maybe being younger. There's, there's people go back and forth on that. But uh, again, what, what, what are they going to do? And uh, I love this verse. Uh, but Mary treasured up these things. This is after, you know, the wise men and the shepherds and, and all of this. And pondered them in her heart. She had to digest them. And you and I, again, have things we have to digest. Are we going to be offended? Uh, little things, big things. Are we going to let that kind of shape the way we interact with our world? Or are we going to kind of move through it? We'll see a little bit later. That doesn't mean you accept Bad behavior doesn't mean you accept sinful behavior. It doesn't mean you accept uh, when someone has been horrific in your life. But what are you and I going to do? Are we going to just be, just always be just a little bit antagonistic? Are we going to be offended all the time? Um, you know, and Mary and Joseph had to choose what they were going to do with that. They were going to. Oh, this is of God, blah, 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 blah. You know, let somebody have it. Pull up some Older Testament passages from Isaiah. The child will be born of a virgin. You know, what, what would they do? How would they? And I'm sure there was a process a little bit with this. I don't think they just threw a switch. All of us are in process. But, but how were they going to respond to that? Later on, we read Mary and Joseph stood there. This is at the, the temple. They're bringing Jesus there to dedicate him. Awestruck all over what was being said about their baby, Simon and Simeon and Anna. Uh, you, you know, uh, say these things and bless them and prophesize over Mary. And then we have this line here saying, a painful sword will one day pierce your inner being to Mary, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And of course, we know the backstory. We're moving towards Easter and, and, and dying on the cross. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. So, Joe, so Mary has an assignment that, that is not uh, that pleasant, if you will. It's not going to be happy days all the time. Uh, from, the day, from the beginning, she experiences that. And so, again, how is she going to respond to that? Is she going to be like, you know, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to go to my cell. You know, how does she? And she, as if you look at the life of Christ, if you look in the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, you'll see that she, little bits and pieces here, but she basically is on board with everything. She responds well, where, where she, she might not. 
And in all of these situations, you and I have to ask, it's a very familiar you know, little question, are you going to become bitter or better? And uh, Mary had to answer that. Joseph had to answer that. Uh, her family friends had to answer that. And likewise, you and I, when we look to the ghosts of the past, where people have offended us just around the edges, maybe we, we, we are, we're, our, uh, you know, we're a little more sensitive than we ought to be. Sometimes that's me. Uh, and, uh, or, or it's some amazingly hard thing. How are we going to respond to that? That's, again, not to lessen what happened to you, lessen how mean someone was to you, but, you know, you can either become bitter or better. And uh, Mary, it seems, stays the course and uh, is better. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. No one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives, without, lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time, poisoning the hearts of many. And uh, I have to say, Mary did not live with a poisoned heart. And you don't have to either. So those things that offend you, those hurts where someone has really sinned against you, don't have to poison that. You can, I can walk with Jesus, walk with God the way Mary did, and not have a poisoned heart. And again, that's not you just pull an automatic lever and it just happens like this, but you and I can have the hope. That's some of the hope of the good news. That's why we sang joy to the world. He didn't say joy to the world except for those who've been offended in a, in a lighter way or a real heavy way. No, it says joy to the world. And, uh, you know, life is too short Indifference making is too significant to limp along, limp along through life offended, having a chip. And again, all of us come to this subject from different places. And you may say, Dave, you don't know what I went through. And I go, yes, I don't know what you went through. I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm not trying to you know, say it wasn't a big deal. But I do know that God is big enough to come alongside you, come alongside me. So when we have those moments, and those moments may be moments or longer, uh, we, we don't have to live in a offended way, even though we limp along. I can't recall if I shared this uh, just in a small group, but I remember when I was in Sixth and seventh grade, I had uh, basically lived a life where, uh, you know, I, 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 my language and all that reflected the fact that I, I grew up going to church. And uh, some kids started calling me preacher boy, and I hated that. I hated that. So what did I do in seventh grade? I learned how to swear better than anybody. I mean, really good. <laughs> So good that I remember talking with a friend and a teacher was walking in front of us and we were coming from the lunchroom outside and I was beep, 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 and he turned around and, and you know, 
in my school, Vian's teachers were colorful with their language, so it wasn't like, yeah, what about you? He turned around and goes, David, Spencer, can't you? Blah, blah, blah. And then we walked a couple more feet, and again, blah, 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 and he turned around again. He just couldn't, couldn't believe what was, but I, I did not want to be called a preacher boy. I was totally offended by this, and that was a chip on my shoulder, probably till I became a sophomore in high school, and then I said, I, I guess I need to really, you know, purge this from my system, and, and I hate to say this, but if you make me mad enough, boy, those thoughts come to my mind. Those words, and then a good, you know, you know, sometimes darn just doesn't feel good enough, right? You know, and I don't know why that is, but yeah, you know, I'm just being honest with you. You know, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, especially when you hurt yourself, and uh, you know, um, if you're around me, I'm like, never ask me unless I'm screaming like I'm dying. You know, did you? Are you okay? Don't ask me. Uh, you know, but anyway. You know, so, 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 so those moments where you're offended, what do you do with them? And, and will you, you know, limp along? And you will limp to some degree, but how do you handle that? How do you favor that ankle? How do you walk through that? In Proverbs, we read, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory, his importance, his, uh, wow, that's a great guy, great person, to overlook an offense. How easy are you offended? And yeah, that doesn't make it great for the people around you when you're offended easily, but it really doesn't make it great for you. <laughs> you have to deal with everyone like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, just don't want to, I can't say that to that person, even when it needs to be said. I just want to stay away. So, so it isn't just, it isn't just uh, leaving disaster in your wake. It's about people and the way they interact with you. So, uh, again, I'm thinking Mary and Joseph had to deal with this. They had to look over there, you know, mm-hmm, yeah, right. And, and later on, and they go to a place, oh, do you remember that Mary and Joseph, you know, Jesus came along before they were married, and on and on and on. Uh, they had to deal with it. They had to either have a chip on their shoulder or not. And, uh, you know, life is just too short to live in the wake of being offended with a chip on your shoulder. So, Lord, remind, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting is my life. And that's not to be depressing. It's just to say, hey, you only got so much. Don't live offended. Don't, don't be stuck with that. Now, I, I may get myself a little bit in trouble, uh, you know, because I'm going to give you a quote. And some, say, some are not going to get beyond the fact who said this. But what they said is, is good stuff. Uh, Michelle Obama says this, when they go low, we go high. And really, that should be an expression of all Christ followers. It doesn't matter what your political background is and and when something is true you ought to hold on to something that's true when something's false you hold you don't hold on to it doesn't matter where it comes from but this this is a great thing this is a great thing if you and i would learn to do that so rather than be offended rather than get down into the muck we go above that and we don't let it in a sense stick on us so that it it, it wrecks our interaction with the way we're walking through life rather than having a grudge rather than being offended rather than uh, you know just being 
bent, in a sense, against that person, not getting into the muck. Paul writes to the church at Romans, don't insist on getting even. You can be passive-aggressive in getting even, so you're not actually doing anything on your turn. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. And aren't aren't you happy about that? Because that means God's going to do the judging for you too. So I would rather kind of like hands off and God's mercy. I don't want somebody else doing that. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if your enemy, if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let, I love this, don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. That's hard stuff. Hard stuff. Aren't we thankful that Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, didn't finally say, I've had it, and off he comes from the cross, and lightning bolts start coming everywhere, angels come out, and, you know, just, just clean up everything. He said, I've, had, I've been on here long enough, and, you know, Pharisee guy, self-righteous guy, that last comment, I've had it, you know, you know and uh, some of us have seen the first Indiana Jones, you know, where the guy melts. You know, I wouldn't just take him out, I'd let him melt a little bit, you know. You know, coming off the cross, but aren't we glad that Jesus gets the best of evil by doing good? If you're a Christ follower, little Christ, that means you and I are to get the best of evil by doing good, which means we have to be very careful about being easily offended and uh, having that shape our lives so real quickly how do we overcome offense overcoming offense just a couple uh, thoughts here Um, first of all grow beyond being easily offended Uh, you can you can ask people around you am i a person that's easily offended Uh, maybe by their response oh no 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 and you're going oh that the way they say it may say yes you are Uh, and and pick the things out and go Man, that, that, I'm just not going to be offended by that. Someone, you know, ignoring me on purpose or not a purpose or reading into something. Uh, someone doesn't respond quickly to, to my uh, text message. Uh, someone doesn't like my thing on Facebook or whatever. That's because I'm an old guy because I still use Facebook. Other people, you know, they see other things. But, uh, you know, whatever that may be, I'm not going to be easily offended. I'm not going to be picky about everything. I'm going to let things go and uh you know uh, some of us are easily offended because people you know don't always listen to us and what do we do um i've got a major problem in my household and i'm a a one cup a day kind of guy and uh so i like one coffee cup one water cup one cup to take on the road you know if you need and that i can put hot and cold where i've got a family that will use like a million cups per hour at my house. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like that. I'm offended by that. And I'm really, I could really be bugged by that. And, uh, you know, you guys probably shouldn't do it, but sometimes I do load the dishwasher. So when I look in the, in the sink and there's like 10 million cups and there's only like three of us in the house, I'm like, there's a problem here. Uh, you know, this, this, is, this is wrong. And, and at our house, it'd be better if everything was plastic, not glass. Never bring... Where are you? Never bring a glass 
drinking glass up to the bathroom. That's 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 it's it's dangerous. But uh, anyway, so I'm a one. But you know, I'm not offended by it. I'm gonna let it go. Pray for actually pray for the rest of my family. But you know, whatever your thing is, whatever your thing is, don't be easily offended. Don't have a chip on your shoulder. It just steals joy. And maybe it's something from the past. Um, I don't know. Um, whatever it may be. But uh, don't be easily offended by these little things in our life. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your talking to someone earlier today, you know, just about church life, and yeah, we can do video streaming well, and all this other kind of stuff, and, but we're never going to do it, you know, like, you know, like Hollywood, multi-million dollar level, that's just, that's just out of our reach, but we can do love better than any other organization, non-church organization, Christian organization. We can do that better than anybody else. So why don't we? So we, we, we don't act picky. We let things go. We, we, if we don't harp on someone's faults, we're not offended so easily because of our love for others. As a prisoner... Of the Lord, the verse before, I plead with you to walk holy. Last week, uh, Lynn talked about holiness. To walk separate unto God's way. And this isn't for, quote unquote, uh, a pastor or a missionary difference maker only. This is for all of us as Christ followers. We are to walk holy lives. Let's not compartmentalize our lives in a way that is suitable to your high rank. And this because. And he talked about being the priesthood of the believer. And, and you, if you've said yes to Christ, you have direct access to God. And, and not that our actions affect that, but we should be mindful that we're going into the throne room of heaven every time we pray. And there should be, be a little bit of awe and a little bit of more respect with that given to your divine calling. And a divine calling is just not for, again, the professional church person. It's for all of us. If you've said yes to Christ, you've answered a divine call. And so you and I walk in that way. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrating gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially to those who may try your patience. Don't be easily offended. Three cups per day, I guess I'll go with that, but uh, not more than that. But don't be easily offended. People who try your patience. Don't have a chip on your shoulder, on my shoulder. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you. If you've said yes to Christ, God connects us to one another, connects us him through the work of the Holy Spirit. He comes and joins our lives. That's one of the persons of the Trinity, very hard to understand. Father, Son, and Spirit, one God in three persons. Being one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine 
destiny. So, question, are you easily offended? You get wired up really easily. And why is that? You can answer that question. I can't answer that question for you if I don't know you super well. And even if I knew you super well, I might not be able to answer that question for you. You've got to look within and have God help you figure that out. And just lighten up a little or a lot. But then there's also these, the grow beyond the heart-occupying offenses. We have some things that offend us and just rip at us, and we can't let it go on our own. And I think of some of the things that people have said to me, and you've had people say, and, and it's sometimes it's the weirdest things that stick, and they occupy my heart. Harsh music or whatever, and... It's just hard to let go. And then, and then, as we've already talked about, there's the other things where someone has done something absolutely horrendous to you, and it occupies our heart. But the wonderful thing about following Christ is Christ can occupy our heart. And again, it's a process, but as time goes over, Christ can push out what occupies our heart, what holds told you probably before about uh, being a young senior pastor and I had a youth pastor that was a few years older than me and when you're 29 and when the other guy's like 33 that seems like he's a lot older I'm only 29 and uh, and we were friends before he came on staff but after he came on staff he liked calling his own shots and being independent and and I, I didn't like conflict but there were some things I needed to speak into his life and it just it just didn't go well I got to the point where I really didn't like him, and he didn't really like me, and then he left, and then years later, I was bringing a group of kids to a snow camp, and he was the main speaker, I discovered, and I was like, oh, you know, it just owned my heart. What's going on here? I thought I had let that go. I thought I had forgiven him. He might say, you don't have anything to forgive me for because, blah, blah, you know, and so I just, you know, kind of, well, okay, let it go, but it occupied my heart, and there was a moment where I almost thought, let's not go to that snow camp. Let's go to a different camp. But I knew that he would have something good to speak into the church. So I didn't want to deprive them of that, even though my heart had issues with it. So we did. He did a fine job, and, you know, we went. And, you know, I kept my mouth shut, but, you know, I got to listen. Ah, we'd see each other and kind of wave, you know, kind of do this like, hey, and inside I could think, he hates me, and I'm, I'm better than, so I just don't like him. I don't do it right. And, you know, kind of went on away. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, I'm getting old now, so now another five or ten years goes by, and I find out that he has some medical issues and doesn't have any insurance. And I'm like, you poor kid. And God said, you know, you ought to put something in there. So I did. Actually, we did it online, a GoFundMe kind of thing, and uh, 
did it. And I said, okay, yeah, and I'm trying to do this in such a way. It's not to, like, stick a knife in his back and twist it. Hey, I've kind of moved on, and here, here's some money, you know. Like, you know. But then, then when he must have known another Dave Spencer because he comments to it, and he, it was not me. So, so he did not think it was me. He thought it was this other Dave Spencer, and that kind of just bugged me a little bit more. And now I'm just like, no, I've got to let this go and not occupy you don't live where I live sometimes, but uh, again, is there some kind of offense that just owns you? And uh, that other person may not even know that it owns you, and it just owns you. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you, sins against you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive don't like that verse at all. <laughs> but I know that God knows everything in my life. And I'm his son. Anything I sin, he doesn't know. I can see the black and white cross that morning. But uh, he only knows the inclination of my heart. And he forgives me doesn't hold it against me. So I've got to at least try to walk down that road. It's hard at times, but I need to move down that direction. I think, I think God really knows when you, you have some great injustice that's happened to you and you're trying to um, not let it occupy your heart, let it go, uh, you know, Forgive and forgive may be as simple as if you saw the guy walking down the street, you wouldn't hit him with your car. You know that that's you, you know that, I'm not talking like oh hey I love you you know you do, you know you know that kind of thing. You don't hold it against him. You in in a moment you say man I don't think he deserves a seat at hev- in heaven. You know kind of thing. You know s- you know you need to go someplace else. Uh, so so you forgive and uh, you know try to try to be there. Because, you know, either we rehearse it or we release it. And, uh, again, it just, it just owns us. Owns us. So we read in verse 13, Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgive one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone else, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. I love the, the different rendering there releasing that and you find that when you release that you are actually in the process of releasing yourself and as i said earlier and i'm not going to talk a lot about this i've talked about this in other messages let it go doesn't excuse the offense but it does free you you understand that i'm not saying you go oh that's okay you know everybody loves jesus um one time I was in a situation where there'd been some unfaithfulness and this was a couple that uh, actually used to be friends and, and one of the people said, yeah, I want to get to the point where I can go back out for coffee with the, you know, the other person. And I, again, I said, I, I just want it to be so that you don't you know, hit him with your car. But this kind of a thing, it would be weird if you guys were like best buddies going out for coffee all the time after this happened in your life. I, I, think, I, I don't know what to think about again so it doesn't excuse the offense it it frees you 
and along with this, you know, I, I want to say this, and I want to say this, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, life is life. So sometimes when I have these sermons, you go, oh, Dave's saying this because of me. And no, it's, it's some of the stuff's planned out in advance. So, so don't, don't think that. If it's applying to you and where you're walking now, it's a God thing. Don't say it's a Dave thing. It's a God thing. So what do you do with that? But uh, I didn't tell my parents I was going to talk about this, but I had a, my great aunt, Retha, uh, was married to my dad's mother's younger brother, and she was actually in Alabama, one of the second uh, women to hold uh, office in the state house, and you can see her down in the right corner. She's the only lady on that, that sheet there, and uh, there she is. Yeah, there she is. And uh, some of these pictures aren't that good. But there's a good old Aunt Retha. And uh, Aunt Retha was in a situation where, she, you know, she, she is bigger than life. And uh, she and her husband were married for like 30 years. And he, he couldn't take it. And he didn't really say anything to her until one day she said, I'm done. She packed everything up. Alabama and drove north and they said I was done and so why I, I share this when, when, when it comes to these offenses and these things don't stuff them I deal with so many folks that get to the point where they're, they're just done and there might have been some steps before that and again I may not totally understand you but, but don't let those offenses uh, take over uh, again I come back to, to, to Mary and uh, come back to her response to what was going on in her life. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. Let this thing you said happen to me. There's no chip on her shoulder, even though she's going to get all kinds of ridicule. Joseph's going to get all kinds of ridicule. So when you think about your life and you think about the ghosts of Christmas past and this time of year, everything's heightened and you might feel a little bit more sensitive to that. How are you going to interact with being offended? You have way too much to offer to get stuck in the mire of that and just kind of live out of that. Our bottom line is this. Life is too short and difference making is too critical to live an offended life. To live a grumpy life. To live a disconnected life to say you know that's the last straw I'm kind of going to just be a hermit and not deal with people or deal with that person or whatever so life is, is too short to live under that that cloud when you have so much opportunity to be a difference maker let's pray Heavenly Father we just uh, thank you for Mary's response Joseph's response. Uh, I don't know if I, I, I would have wanted to keep living under that cloud, even though it wasn't a cloud. It was, it was sunshine, the son of God, your son, the savior of the world. But I'm sure there were lots of opportunities to be uh, almost rightfully offended by the way people treated them. So I thank you for the way they responded and the fact that they didn't have that chip on the shoulder. They didn't live out of their offense. So we have a, a story about them and, the, and their life uh, touched our lives. They, they were Jesus's earthly parents for a time being. And so we thank you for that. 
Lord, help us. Help us not to live under the cloud of offense. And just if we need freedom from that, would we please just not let it ride? If you talk to someone, maybe even just in a few moments, come down and uh, pray with Fred and Pam Bassett or someone just to kind of start to move in that other direction. So we just, again, thank you for your love for us. And we just ask this all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.